Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And if you can hear something slightly odd in the background, that's the wind. And the reason you can hear the wind is because I'm sat in the car. And the reason I'm sat in the car is because I'm waiting for my eldest who's at football training and I drew the short straw. I shouldn't say I drew the short straw actually, um, particularly because Alison's going to listen to this to QC it before it goes out. Um, I offered um, to do the football run this evening with a view that I'd record TFM in the front of the car. So that's what I'm going to do. So we'll crack on um, with a little bit of uh, of the old twangy guitar. <laughs> So I sat this afternoon and I watched the um, the standards debate, the emergency standards debate uh, in the House of Commons. And it's been a while since I've watched a parliamentary debate um, in real time. And I didn't quite watch all of it, but I watched a, a reasonable amount of it. Um, and as an exercise in restoring faith a little bit in um, in, I guess, Parliament following the nonsense that that was last week then then it had some definite positives about it there were some really very balanced uh, interventions and i'm somewhat surprised to say that most of those balanced interventions came from tory mps most of whom were um, members of the standards committee so um, there's an ongoing rumble obviously we talked about this last week with regard to um the whole you know um conflated issue of of the actual process itself and whether it um, whether it has a, a satisfactory appeals uh, element to it and so on and so forth and um, we got into a little bit of that in the in the debate which was um, interesting but what was very interesting was the number of people who both um, acknowledged and stated how um, the process actually process actually was a largely very very good and that the case against Owen Patterson was absolutely sound and I think um, there was two particular people who 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 stood out and they were two uh, recent intake MPs and that was the Tory MP from Bolsover and the MP from Warrington South both of who are on the standards committee and both who spoke very very well uh, including a broadside at um, some of the old guard at Parliament who had kind of suggested that um, you need a long time in the House to understand how the House works before you can really pass comment on or adjudicate on the behaviour of uh, of members of the House. Um, what was also striking about the debate was the number of anachronisms, um, the, the biggest being Bill Cash, uh, who uh, isn't is is I mean he's, he's an archer a skeptic Bill Cash, but he seemed so out of touch whenever he he intervened, and so out of kilter with the public mood in this in this particular this particular debate. Also, an ex whip, um, and I'm trying to remember his name. He was Mark somebody as as well, who very pointedly um, uh, questioned why the prime minister wasn't there, and that the prime minister should 
by rights not only have been there, but it should have been there apologising because the whole um, the whole reason for the debate um, or the whole reason for the issues that were created last week was the um, you know the three line whip that that Prime Minister insisted on to get this whole thing through the the House. What was interesting though was um, and there was a superb superb intervention or sort of sorry, superb speech from Chris Bryant who was the the chair of the Standards Committee. But what was very interesting was this thing's just going to rumble. This isn't going thing isn't going away because it could have been killed today. It could actually have been killed today by a commitment um, that um, the Tories wouldn't be looking to change the current system and that they would be upholding the decision with regard to um, Owen Paterson. Uh, even, even you know, even though he's resigned, the decision and the process still has to be gone through and signed off. And also, if um, the Prime Minister had turned up and resigned. And as none of those things had happened, then the the chances are we'll have another debate next week, which means the thing's not only going to rumble all the way through this week, it's going to rumble into into next week as well. I can't believe how badly um, Number 10 is playing this. I can't believe that, you know, you've only got to con- look, at, look at some of the continuing headlines, look at some of the stories over the weekend, the whole thing around about with, with regards to Jeffrey Cox. This is going to run and run and run. And, you know, as I said last week, I think it's the one thing that will stick and has the power to do serious damage, um, you know, to the government. And I, they, they, they're just, for whatever reason... I mean, this whole thing about the fact that Boris will never say sorry or will never throw anybody under the bus, this is this is really, a, a, as far as I can see, this is a really bad judgment call at this stage. Tuesday. So I saw the, the, the final trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. The third and final trailer has been released um, and it's only about a minute long, um, but it, it, it's enough to get you very, very ready for the for the film. And the great the great news is the film's actually out uh, next week, which I'm now really, really excited about. It's one of those ones I've been waiting for, along with Bond. It's one of the ones I've been waiting uh, for, uh, and I think unlike maybe Bond, which I think in hindsight I'm I'm still struggling with a little bit. Uh, I th- I think there's a, there's not the same anticipation about this in terms of whether it will be a great movie or not, uh, will it will it confirm the legacy or this that, and the other? I th- I think it's just going to be a blast to see. So all I'm really, you know, all I'm really now just excited about is that this is this is going to be, you know, a couple of hours at the cinema. It's it's going to be great. Um, I don't really care if it's not brilliant. I'm gonna I'm gonna wallow in it anyway um, because it's just nice to have something like that to you know to 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 look forward to and to uh and and to get the chance to go and see so what i'll do is i'll I'll put a link to the trailer um in the in the notes and uh, in fact I'll, I'll try and put a link to all three trailers in the notes actually uh but just just have a watch and see see if you think it's going to land it's the um i think it's the son of the original director i think there's definitely a link back to the original film and i think um we're definitely going to see original characters in there but it's definitely going to take the whole the whole movie movie on a bit um but certainly looking at the trailer it looks classic ghostbusters territory so i think uh, I, I, I think we'll be in a good place come this time next week wednesday so not content with the ongoing nonsense about um sleaze 
and the ongoing issues there and the fact that that is going to rumble on and as I say there's no doubt it's going to rumble on but it looks like we're getting ready uh, via um, um, David Frost I think he's called David Frost is he David Frost? Lord Frost? Maybe not David Frost. Anyway, Lord Frost, that we're going to blow up the uh, the Northern Ireland Protocol. So we're going to, I think we're going to invoke, uh, invoke Article 16 and try and do, you know, something with the Northern Ireland Protocol. And, of course, the reasoning behind this isn't, isn't really clear. It's got the, the, one of the sticking points around the negotiations. They're trying to negotiate a, a, yeah, an improvement on it. And I think whatever happens with the, with the, the Brexit agreement that we signed um, and we put in place, it was always going to be tweaked. I mean, we're going to be tweaking, we're going to be tweaking agreements with Europe you know, for the rest of my lifetime and probably a lot longer. And that will be, that's the legacy of Brexit. I mean, Brexit never gets done. Um, and Brexit hasn't been done and it won't get done. Um, it's it's always going to be, there's going to be some part of these agreements or that agreement that's constantly going to be renegotiated. And the bit we're, we're, we're getting on with now, we're not happy with now, is the Northern Ireland Protocol. Now, the Northern Ireland Protocol effectively is the bit that keeps... Northern Ireland in the EU. So we under that we put a the border essentially down the Irish Sea. And what's that's done is that's created massive, massive, massive issues getting stock into Northern Ireland. Where it used to be relatively easy to get stock into Northern Ireland, it's now really, really difficult. But what's by consequence happening is it's very easy for Ireland to do business amongst itself. So essentially, um Business between Northern Ireland or Ireland in general, because essentially it's still all one thing, and Europe is up. It's up massively. Um, And business between Ireland and the mainland is down massively. Now, the reason um, the, the, the DUP, who are the Unionist Party, who obviously want a closer alignment with uh, the rest of the UK are obviously up in arms and really very, very unhappy about the um, about the protocol because essentially it creates that border um, between between the north of Ireland and, and, and the rest of the country. And they're really, really happy about it. The rest of Ireland is actually quite pleased. The rest of the Ireland has got what they wanted, which is don't essentially put a border across the middle of Ireland. We don't want to go back to the troubles. So in that respect, the rest of Ireland is getting on with their business quite nicely. And to a certain extent, and I was listening to this on a podcast this week and it really struck me, essentially it's like the government wants Ireland to have the same shitty deal that the rest of the UK has got. So all the difficulties there are in getting products to and from the EU, and, and you know, I've had these conversations with a lot of people um, with regard to the, the work I do for the trade body, for the MIA, and it's really, really hard. It's really, really hard to get product um, basically outside of the country, whichever way you go. You know, where it used to be relatively easy to get it over to Ireland, even that's now, as I say, that's now complicated. So the, the UK government seems to want you know, with the backing of the of the unionists, to now go back. I mean, Dominic Cummings said it. He, he said it in the you know when he was in front of one of the, the the select committees. The idea was always to sign this thing and then just very very quickly renegotiate or abandon the bits that they don't like. So there's there's this there's this rumbling in the background, and we're getting ready to you know to to hit that button and to drop that that particular bombshell. What's then happened today is that there's rumblings now. The US is now starting to flex its muscles and say, you can't do this. 
you can't do this. You can't tear this up. This is you can't. We are not putting the security of Ireland at risk by you effectively jettisoning the the um, the, the, the protocol. So there's 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 two things at play here. One is the risk um, to security and to peace and prosperity, and of course the 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 outcome if this plays badly is a trade war with the EU. And of course, that is going to be catastrophic for business. So, I mean, whether this is whether this is something that takes the eye off sleaze, I don't know. I mean, I could see certainly to the to the base that this bit of red meat might well play. Um, but for everybody else, this is a this is a real risky thing to do. This is this is absolutely telling the world that you do not um, keep your promises, you don't keep your word, you don't honour the agreements you sign. Um, and 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 the fact of the matter is that, as far as Ireland's concerned, it's actually working quite well. Thursday. So I was driving through Sheffield today, um, and something struck me. Something I kind of knew before, but struck me again because I saw my second example of the two things I'm going to mention, and I'm now throwing it out to find out if this is the thing elsewhere. So um, about a year ago, they built a um, a Taco Bell, uh, and they built a Taco Bell uh, on uh, one of the roads in between the M1 uh, uh, and in the direction you head towards Doncaster. Uh, and it's and it's on a stretch of road, and it's there, and it's actually um, next to a Dunking Donuts. And that was the first time I'd seen either a Taco Bell or a Dunking Donuts outside of the US. Never seen one anywhere else in the UK. Um, and just it, just what it was. And it was a bit of a weird thing that was kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere and with no real reference point. I didn't really understand why it was there, but I've never really given it an enormous amount of thought. was driving through Sheffield today and saw in two separate places an example of both another Taco Bell and another Dunkin' Donuts. So, if you don't know what Taco Bell or Dunkin' Donuts are, Taco Bell is um, a McDonald-esque, KFC-esque type of restaurant, um, type of drive-through arrangement with a seating area inside. And they do uh, Mexican-style fast food, so um, sort of tacos and chili and various burritos and things like that. So, so, so they do, you know, the same kind of KFC-style meals, but based around that that cuisine and it's you know and it's uh, well it's virtually identical virtually identical to that um and as i say something seen normally you would see in the u.s don't really see them an enormous amount over here kids might have seen the reference because they were mentioned a lot in the lego movie um dunkin donuts is kind of a starbucks type of affair very garish orange and what have you with with a whole you know donut selection so a little bit Krispy Kreme-esque, um, very, very sweet, the stuff that's in there. So, you know, a donut, but then with with lots of filling and with lots of, um, lots of you know, icing and all those kind of things. So really, really heavily sugared. And they do a lot with, yes, they do coffees, but they do a lot of, uh, of these kind of frappe drinks and, and these iced drinks, a lot of iced coffee uh, variances and this and the other. And it's just, it's just bizarre... There are now two examples, effectively, of these in and around Sheffield. So, um, anybody else seen them? 
Where's this this invasion coming from? I've, I I didn't know this was a, a a thing. I've not seen them anywhere else. But if you've got if you've got examples of Taco Bell and Dunkin' Donuts anywhere in your world, or uh, or you drive past one, or you see one, or you've seen one somewhere, they're starting to appear in motorway services. I don't get around and about anything like as much as I used to, so I'm just not seeing these things. So I'd be interested to see if they're a thing anywhere else, and also if there are any more examples of of new fast foody type joints like this just appearing that would have been something you would have only ever seen in places like the US that just started appearing now. I mean, you know, I'm thinking of things like, you know, Wendy's as as the hamburger uh, joint. Uh, you know, is is that something that's that's starting to, to, to appear? I don't know. So over to you. Friday. So I made it back home. Um, football training came to an end just as I was about to start recording the final section so I made the decision to get home and, and do it here which actually has an added advantage which means I've been able to look up and find the names of the people on the um, the standards committee uh, only because while I was flapping around uh, doing that section earlier on uh, I was searching for the names of some of the uh, MPs and the two I was uh, looking for was Andy Carter who was the Conservative Member of Parliament for Warrington South, uh, who uh, uh, did a very, very um, uh, a good intervention in the in the debate, and Mark Fletcher MP, who's the Conservative for Bolsover. Now, if memory serves, Bolsover was Dennis Skinner's seat, so that's gone from being a Labour seat to being a Conservative seat, um, and he spoke remarkably well. Uh, and if you get a chance to, to go back, and I know... No, look, nobody's going to do this. Nobody's going to go back and listen to that debate again. Okay, I, but actually, actually, as an exercise in watching how democracy unfolds, it was very good. And Mark Fletcher's intervention was absolutely uh, was absolutely superb. And then, obviously, others. I think I mentioned earlier on Chris Bryant as well, uh, who who was 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 equally uh, was equally good. Um, anyway, back home, and it's beginning to look. Uh, a lot like Christmas and I'm saying that for three reasons I've got three Christmassy things to put in at the end and I might I might make Fridays Christmas Fridays now maybe in the run-up um, because things are starting to happen so maybe I might I might start throwing Christmas things in on on, on Fridays as a bit of a festive wrap-up to the to the episode so first one um, uh, I had my first prep Christmas sandwich um, which was amazing um, though somebody did tell me the amount of calories involved in it, which kind of took the gloss off it, but it tasted fantastic, which is clearly down to the amount of calories uh, calories that were in it. But it was superb, thoroughly enjoyed it. Happened to be, um, when I was in Sheffield, happened to be in Meadowhall, there's a Pret Mongine, because we haven't got many Prets around here, I think I've said this before. So, the, and I knew there was a Pret. Um, and I'd gone in to pay a check into the bank, don't get me started, and uh, and, and, and took the opportunity to grab um, a, a Pret Christmas sandwich. So number one, Pret Christmas sandwich. First one, absolutely superb. Um, I like any kind of form of Christmas sandwich. I think Christmas sandwiches are amazing. Um, but particularly, I think Pret's one is, is, is great. And of course, there's a 50 pence uh, donation to charity on the back of it. So well worth doing. You feel a little bit better because you know you've chucked 50 pence in the pot whilst enjoying your sarnie. That's number one. So number two um, is the fact that we've booked the Christmas do for the team at the MIA. So the MIA 
Trebody I work for, uh, very small teams, only four of us, and we've booked to go to the theatre. So we've all booked to go to theatre on the 22nd of December. Got my train tickets booked, going down there. We're all going to get together, we're all meeting up because we're all, it's a it's an officeless environment. We're a remote team, so we all work at home and we're all, every once in a while we get together and so we're getting together and we're going to, to the theatre. And we're going to see A Christmas Carol. You know my views on A Christmas Carol, greatest story I've told uh, or ever written. Um... And but we're going to see the one that's the adaptation that Mark Gattis has done. Now Mark Gattis is uh, League of Gentlemen and Inside Number Nine and Doctor Who and Sherlock, and he did the Dracula thing. Uh, and he's brilliant. I, I, I love him to bits. I love his take on the world. And this is going to be a little bit dark. It's going to be a little bit spooky. It's going to be a little bit off the wall. And I'm thoroughly, thoroughly looking forward to it. It's going to be a slightly anarchic, I think, version of a Christmas Carol. Might be wrong. Might be very traditional. But I've got a sneaking suspicion. I mean, he's in it, and he plays um, he plays uh, Jacob Marley. So, uh, which means that that will be an interesting take on it. Um, but I think it's I think it's going to be quite something. So I'm really looking forward to, to to seeing that. So that's beginning to look like a little bit like Christmas number two for Christmas Friday, uh, and then Christmas Friday number three, and this has been going on a few weeks actually. Um, little, little do. Um, I don't know if you've ever had Penn State pretzels, right? So Penn State pretzels, sour sour um, cream and onion uh, uh, pretzels, uh, absolutely beautiful. And Lidl and Aldi actually both do a Christmas version. So I think one of them is shaped like a star and Lidl's is shaped like Christmas trees. And so I love Penn State pretzels. And we're, we've we've now, this week, we've demolished our third bag of these. We keep throwing a bag in with a view that it'll get it'll get put at the back of the cupboard and it'll be there for nibbles for Christmas. Because let's face it, we all do nibbles for Christmas. It's just something we do, okay? So we've chucked these things in, but because they're so, so Moorish, uh, every single week they've gone. So I imagine that's going to be a thing now every week. Christmas, the running for Christmas, we've kind of got... I guess what it means is we've got Christmas tree pretzel advent that starts pretty much towards the end of October when they first start getting the stocks of these things in and we'll now go all the way through. So we will do a, a, a packet of these, I think, every week between now and Christmas because why wouldn't you? You're, you're going to be starved of them for the rest of the year. So why wouldn't you take the opportunity to have a proper sort of advent of um, of of Christmas tree sour uh, sour cream and onion pretzels? And I'm going to leave you there with with my new favourite thing, which is which is Christmas Fridays. Um, and I'm I, I, it's come out of nowhere, but I'm loving it. And we've got another, however many many between now and Christmas. So uh, I will now be noticing the Christmas things as they come along every week, and we'll have uh, and we'll have Christmas Friday every Friday between now and the big fella coming. And that is me for the week. I hope you're well. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend, uh, and I will talk to you next week. <laughs> If you've enjoyed Therapy For Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit.
This has been an A Short Stories production.